Hey everybody, welcome back to the Blister Podcast on the Blister Podcast Network. I'm Jonathan Ellsworth, and you can check out all the many things that we're doing and reviewing over at blisterreview.com. Today, we've got Brendan Leonard, who you might know from his handle Semirad, or his website, semirad.com, here on the podcast to talk about fatherhood. He's got a young child who will soon be turning one year old. So we talk about fatherhood and outdoor activities and raising a baby. And then we talk about creative work and parenthood. And from there, we talk about art and creativity and the nuts and bolts of creating, well, really anything. And the occasion for this conversation is that Brendan has a new, very good, very useful, and very digestible book called Make It that, as is often the case with Brendan's writing, is fun and very helpful. And honestly, I think that there are thousands of people who are working in this outdoor space we're in and then working outside of that space who will certainly be able to find nuggets that will help them in this process of making stuff. But folks, that's not all, because tomorrow we are also publishing on the Blister website in our open mic series a new Brendan Leonard piece called Resisting the Algorithm. Now, when Brendan and I recorded this conversation a few days ago, I had not yet had a chance to read the piece. I now have had a chance to read it several times, and it is characteristically terrific. So that will be up within 24 hours of us posting this conversation with Brendan. And I strongly encourage all of you to go check out our open mic series catch this latest installment from Brendan. And while you're there, do yourself a favor and take a look at all of the other of great pieces we have from a number of creatives and high-level athletes and those sorts of folks who have been putting out some really interesting pieces in this series. So yeah, you could kind of say this is like Brendan Leonard week on Blister, which makes me happy because Brendan is one of my good friends and I love his work and I know that many, many other thousands of people do as well. So I hope you enjoy this conversation as much as I did and I'm very much looking forward to Taco Week out in Montana with Brendan. Gotta make that happen here. Brendan, I'm gonna do my best. All right, folks, enjoy this conversation with Brendan Leonard. Here we go. Well, Brendan Leonard, welcome back. This feels like coming home. We used to, you know, record and host a bunch of podcasts together. Then you like went off and moved to faraway places and started families. And you actually just told me, you're like, hey, man, can we start recording soon? Because I got to go make dinner in a bit. I don't know what you want me to react to. I love talking to you, dude. This is just like our, uh, this is like us catching up on a phone, but we're recording it. It was fun catching up with you. I really enjoyed that until you rushed us along and we're like, dude, um, can we get this started? I need to go make dinner. 
uh, no, but you do actually need to make dinner. We're going to talk about it in a sec because you are now keeping a little human being alive. This is really important. But I want to know what you're making for dinner tonight. No, I'm like, no, like tomorrow night's better. Nope, nope. Well, you can tell us about tomorrow night, but you have to tell us about tonight too. Tomorrow night's like um, sun-dried tomato pesto pasta with walnuts, cherry peppers, red pepper, and onions. Like this recipe I've been working out. Yeah, it's fantastic, man. It's super easy too. And tonight is just like veggie burgers. Um, so, so it's like, it's like let's just warm this up and eat quickly. Dude, that's that's literally my dinner every night. Oh, you you're warming food up now. Because usually, normally you just eat raw <laughs> stuff. Like, yeah. You're like, there's, you're one end of the spectrum is like somebody who likes to cook a ton, like just loves it and loves like the creative process and buying everything. And the other end of the spectrum is somebody who just eats Soylent. And you're like just a little ways to the outside of the guy who eats Soylent. You I know? am. Like, you're like, oh yeah, I eat vegetables. This is very true. But as we were just saying, like, we just actually talked for quite a bit about like, I was just at Major Domo in LA. Like I love good meals. But if it's me at home, I'm we're going to go as close to zero seconds as possible on the prep time. And that kind of works for my alternative lifestyle. But like I, I love food and good food. And but I, I'm not. Yeah. You, when you, you lost me when you you mentioned, I think, sun dried tomatoes. And then there was like three other things. And I was like, I'm out just because that's too many things. You just don't want, you want other people to cook it for yeah. you. You love good food. You just don't want to cook I it. I mean, yeah, yeah there's I that. I totally get it, man. Yeah. I feel the same way about pizza. I like do not prepare pizza myself. I'm like, no, there's experts. I think I'm just going to go have, do their thing instead of me like blowing it, you know? So. There's experts for this. Maybe that's <laughs> the succinct way to put it for me in cooking. Like there's like real experts out there and I would love to be a patron of their you know, their, mm -hmm. their fine craftsmanship. Yeah. Except living in a place that you live in similar to where I live, there are not as many experts. So if you learn to cook, you can eat good food hmm. more often. I don't know. We don't need to debate this. You're not going to change. I'm probably not going to change. Uh, not, yeah. not yet. <laughs> I might get, it's going to have to maybe be post blister. I think that's the only hope we really have here. When is that? Like when you die? Uh, probably like, when I die. Yeah, so death. Yes. Yeah. Sure. No, I'm, not, I'm not holding my breath, man. So we hinted at it, but you are, in fact, the father of a almost one year. Yeah, almost one year old. Yeah, he will be one on July 4th, actually. Yeah, I don't know. It's... Uh, I was 43 and a half almost when he was born. So a little, little late in the game. Um, I could definitely see the advantages of being, say, 33 when you have a baby. Um, but we are, we're just kind of taking it as it comes and surviving every day and um, having fun with it. And, you know, it's, uh, it's definitely different. Um, but we're, we're having a blast and, uh, you kind of have to, because what are you going to do? You're not going to be like, ah, I quit. Can't do this anymore. Let's just take him back. Yeah, I, that's true. I hear the I hear the state frowns on parents that are just like, we quit, and then like <laughs> put the baby out next to the recycling. Yeah, yeah. it's not good. Yeah. No, yeah. So, 
By the way, you also sounded exactly like every pro athlete giving the most banal post-game interview. You're like, we're just taking it, you know, one day at a time. Like, I was hoping to get a little bit more than that out of you, sort of interesting thoughts on, you know, this almost one year into the fatherhood experiment, which, as we just said, isn't really an experiment because you're not really, like, you're not supposed to give the babies back. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I like it depends who you're talking to, and yeah, I just don't know how much people want to hear about kids. Because I was not a, I'm still not a kids or babies person. You know, I'm like just if you were came over to my house or if I was at your house, and you're like, you want to hold the baby? I'd be like, no, not really. I mean, if you need me to, I will, but like, not. I'm not like, I'm not interested in it. It's not like fun to me. Um, so. I'm always cautious of just like speaking of it in a way that communicates how much fun we're having and how much joy it's bringing. It's like, I don't want to just sound like I'm endorsing it to people who are on the fence or don't want to have kids or against it or can't, you know, or whatever. So I'm a, I'm a little guarded. I don't really know. Um, so yeah, man, we're, we're having fun. Um, things are, I, I've been I've been interviewing dads since last January, two Januarys ago. My friends of mine who are dads, and um, there's most days I think of a quote that one or two of those forty dads told me. I'm trying to get to fifty uh, before I do anything with it. But you know, the word my friend Chris said was, "It's just relentless." You know, it's not like bad or overwhelming it's just kind of relentless you know you like you just don't when when jay goes to bed at 7 p.m you find like okay whew, all right now we have we can relax a little bit for two hours and then and then go to bed because he's he's getting up you know at the same time no matter what you do you know like, you can't just be like hey we were just watching tv really late last night can you just chill out in there for another hour or two nah um so, yeah, I will say it has been, as a person who was not really interested in it for my entire life, it has been way more fun than I thought it would be. Um, I am experiencing feelings and emotions I never could have predicted or thought of. Um, no one could explain it to me in words that sold me on the concept of having kids. You know, people would say, oh, it's the best thing I've ever done or whatever. And I never heard any sort of, ex I never heard a sales pitch that was like, oh yeah, maybe I should do it. Um, and I don't think I can do it either. I don't think I can, I don't think I can find the words. It's just sort of ineffable. Um, in a, you know, as a writer, you shouldn't think anything's ineffable, right? You should be like, no, I can do that. But I don't know, man. So I'll try later. You know, I might write something when, when he's uh, one, you know, not like, just kind of things, things that I've noticed or whatever, but, um, yeah, I don't know. Wow. You sound everything you've just said. I, I feel like you nailed exactly my whole take on the, the, the kids venture that, that you've never heard the sales pitch that, that got you there. All like I, I, I'm all that. So no, I get it. And you know, Hillary was not into it either until, whatever two years ago and was like we were, the conversation was kind of like 
well, I think I'd feel bad if we didn't just try and see what happened, you know? And, you know, I was definitely one of those people who was like, oh my God, bring a kid into the world at a time like this and blah, blah, blah. And like, and I think, well, how many, how many, how long have people been saying that? Oh, how could you bring a kid into the world at a time like this? World War One, World War Two, Cold War, all sorts of things. So who knows? Um, but yeah, and she was, she was like, we're sort of converted now because we have to be, you know, but, uh, we're also, we're also having a good time and it's, uh, we do well on projects together, you know, like home improvement and editing each other's writing and stuff like that and, uh, creative work. So this one is like another one where we are working on this creative project that we're going to have absolutely zero control over what happens when, when he gets out in the world. So, yeah. Okay, so yeah, we're looking at child rearing as a creative project. That's a that's a bit of a different spin. I haven't really heard that one before. Oh, you ever heard people say that like their book is their it's like having a baby, like giving birth to a baby? No, I've never. I'm kind of like thank God I've never heard that. But well, it's I mean I get where people are coming from with that, but um, I don't I don't think any anyone who's ever given birth would say, say the same yeah, thing it's about just it. like writing a but book. It, it's a thing you work on a lot, maybe every day for maybe a year or at least several months or maybe like 20 years. And then you finally put it out in the world and people might be nice to it. They might like it. It might change the world. People might be mean to it. They might hate it. You know, so it's like I get the metaphor, but it's like definitely, definitely a step down as far as like um, how, you know, how things could go, I guess. So baby's a little different, but, but yeah, it's a creative work. You have no control over your art when it gets out there, you know, like think about Bruce Springsteen, um, singing born in the USA, you know, and like wrote these lyrics and like, it's been co-opted by, you know, so many people who think it's about, think it's about how great the USA is. And it's like, no, dude, that's about how shitty the USA is. Did you not? You're not listening to the lyrics? Okay. And have Bruce Springsteen feel, how does he feel about that? It's just like, well, I guess they didn't get it. You know, I mean, most people did, but solid chunk of like millions of people did not get it. So I think of that example a lot. Like you don't know what's going to happen to it. So yeah. If it happened to Bruce, it could happen to you. Yep. Yeah. Kids the same way. You know, you do everything right and they can still end up in jail. Um, speaking from experience. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So close to home example there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, I want to ask you about what your outdoor activity life looks like, like, or has looked like over the past year. Boy, it was hard to do like very early on. I didn't really feel like I could leave the house for very long. You know, I specifically can remember the first time I went for a run for like an hour you know, just out the front door and back and be like, okay, everybody's still okay. You know, um, with a very young baby at home. Um, and even to the, to the, the months or the weeks leading up to the actual birth was like, well, I can't just like go disappear in the mountains for five hours. Like what if, what if Hillary goes into labor or something goes wrong? So I'm back into it now. Um, mostly trail running, um, mostly running from the house to the trail because usually 
I get like, I'll do like one longer run a week where I'm out for four or five hours and that's fantastic. Um, but most of them are like, well, I'm not going to eat up this. I have an hour and a half to go crank. I'm not going to spend 15 minutes in the car on either end. And then I'm only running for an hour. It's like, no, I'm going to go run for run straight from the house. Um, luckily we live in a place where we can get to, it's like two miles to a trailhead that multiple trailheads actually. So, um, that's mostly what I'm doing. We are just gathering the stuff to take the little guy camping. Um, hopefully in the next few weeks, um, a big ass tent, big ass MSR tent that I need to try to set up in the backyard to make sure we have all the, the parts and, you know, talking about how is he going to, we're going to take a, we're going to take a pack and play inside this tent. And then, I mean, he goes to bed at seven, seven thirty. you know, on, you know, and his room is down in our basement. It's this little dark cave with like white noise machines. And like, I'm, I'm going to see, it'll be interesting to see how he does camping. Um, but people do it and I know people do it. So I think we'll be fine. And, and from there, I think we'll, we'll get out more, but yeah. Um, did an ultra marathon 50 K two, two weeks ago, two and a half, two and a half weeks ago. Yeah. The tiger claw 50 K. So I, I was training for that this spring. Um, but I'm just trying to make the most of, you know, the two, three hour windows I get. Um, and access is really good for us. So we're, we're lucky to be able to just jet out for a little bit. Oh, you take the baby. I'm going to go do this thing and I'll be back in two hours or three hours. Um, so that's what it looks like now. Um, and honestly, like, would I love to be having big adventures in the mountains? I suppose, but like, this is just what we're doing right now. So, um, I, I think it'll come back or come back in its own way. But, um, yeah. How did, how did your 50 K go? Uh, I survived and there you go, one. it was high of 88 degrees. Um, that it was unseasonably hot for, uh, I was just outside of Seattle, Issaquah. Um, it's Ethan Newberry's race, ginger runner, uh, and his wife, Kim, they run it. Um, it's super steep. It's like, you know, like 8,600 feet of elevation gain and 50 K. So three trips to the summit of, tiger mountain west tiger number two i believe and you you do three different loops and you pick the order in which you do them so it's a fun fun race um and i i believe i picked the least populated order of trails but i picked it based on what was going to be the coolest in the afternoon which loop was going to be the coolest in the afternoon um so it was fantastic um Leading up to it, my friend who lives near Issaquah said, isn't that just kind of a local race? How'd you find out about it? And I was like, I don't know. Is it? (laughs) Maybe. It's eight hours from where I live. It was early in the season. I thought it'd be fun. But it did feel pretty local. And I knew, God, I knew like eight or ten people there. Um, Via, You know, I had had not met them in person before. Met them on the internet or had interviewed them or, or whatever, um, or friends of friends. And it, so it did kind of feel like a local race, but I felt like I was kind of a local, you know, it was like really fun. Um, but yeah, a lot of sweat. I drank, um, and calculated, I drank something like 224 ounces of liquids during the race itself. So 
close to two gallons of, of fluids. Like that's how hot it was. And I would just, I sweat so much and it was so humid. It was like, I think it was 70% humidity on top of the temperatures. So I was just drenched, man. Um, and I am very proud of my water consumption for the day and that I did not have many physical problems. Um, but yeah, oh my God, so hot. Good on you. Hey, selfishly, I got to ask, I'm pacing a friend of mine at Hard Rock this year. I've never paced anyone in a race. I've worked a crew station at the Moab 240, but I feel like she's real good at running and I think has a shot of doing well in at Hard Rock. And I'm kind of just like, I'm like, Dana, I shouldn't, you know, like, actual runners not like kind of fake ones so i'm feeling a lot of pressure but like is is there any like just you know your top two tips yeah number one i would just ask her what she wants because she probably knows what the hell she's doing um but i think i think somebody said this is i'm paraphrasing advice that i heard but it was like do what i told you to do two days before the race, not what I'm telling you yeah. to do now uh-huh. in the race, you know? And I think there's like this sort of, you know how you want things to go and how, um, how your pacer should help you accomplish that. But you're going to be a totally different person by the time the race, you know, in that point in the race and case in point, or like for an example, I guess, uh, I have asked my friend Jason to pace me in the Bighorn 100 a couple of years ago. And I was like, number one, dude, just do not let me sit down at aid stations. Like that is where I'm going to lose like 15 minutes. I'll just sit there and like pull my shoes off and like somehow time will just pass by. And that's how this is going to get dragged out to, and make me run as much as possible. And sure enough, he's with me for like six or seven miles and it's like mile 70 something or whatever and i just feel like trash and i can hear the words coming out of my mouth like yeah maybe when we get up to, maybe i could just sit down for like like a minute and he's like no and i think i think at least one of the aid stations i was like yeah i gotta use the pit toilet and i just went in there and sat down <laughs> 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 just, like, just like hiding from him <laughs> <as he would laughs> like, <laughs> and um you know, he would, he would be like, all right, man, let's run. You going to jog? Let's jog. You know, and there was a flat section near the end of the race. And he was like, all right, we running this or what? I'm like, I'm fucking walking this, man. I'm walking this part. You know, it's just like, so I don't know. It's, it's interesting to try to think of how, how to give you advice. But I mean, the, the number one thing I think you need to be is not a problem for that person. Like you cannot, you have to be able to take care of yourself. Because they can't, they can't just be like, "Oh, Jonathan, are you out of food? Right. You're my pacer, you fucking idiot! Yeah. <laughs> like, I can't take care of you. You're supposed to take care of me." Like, we actually just had this conversation a couple of days ago. She did not. She does not seem worried about this. I, I'm the one worried, not her. But yeah, it very much was like, yeah, like if if I'm feeling great, I will just drop you. And she's like, uh, and she said, I might be feeling good and don't actually want like a pacer. So I yeah. might wave you off. But if you have some issues, she made it real clear. Like, I will just 
go on without you, which is the right answer. Yeah. And so I, yeah. I actually feel better about this. But, you know, I still want to I want to I feel like I'm coming into, you know, kind of the big leagues of pacing here. I don't I know. Mean, how long how long are you pacing her? For? I don't know. She hasn't told me. Oh. I mean it's it's with it. She knows you, you know. It'll be fine. <laughs> She's like, maybe just expecting like five miles. <laughs> there's this funny video that I think Solomon made of um Courtney DeWalter pacing her husband in his I I wanna say it's his first hundred mile race. And that's a I feel like it's one of the tougher ones, like uh the Wasatch or something, and she like you know, he normally is like her crew and, and stuff. And um, they get out on the trail and her headlamp's dead. Like, it's like, oh shit. <laughs> Whoops. She's <laughs> so funny. You know, like, yeah. So you'll be fine, man. That's good. I'll need to, I'll, I'll need to watch that again because that'll be like, well, I can kind of be like, well, Dana, I mean, Courtney did the same thing. That'll be like my, I mean, or, or kind of like, video. Yeah, 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 yeah. So this, that's actually great. That's good thoughts. All right, listen, let's keep it moving. Cause you know, I mean, I know you got to go prepare some veggie burgers for your dear family, but I'm also very curious to ask you about, we've talked about fatherhood and what you've been up to outdoors, but I am curious to hear how much of an adjustment it's been to be raising a little human being and also trying to continue with all of the different creative work that you do, including your new book on creativity and the creative process. Have you found this to be harder than you expected, easier than you expected? What can you tell us from your experience? Yeah, I think somebody told me one of the dads I interviewed was like, it's not like you have, it's like, you don't realize how much time you had before, you know, and now you, now you have to deal with these small increments of time. And I think we always fantasize people who want to make things just like fantasize about like, oh, if I had a cabin in the woods for like two or three weeks, you do a writer's residency, I'd finally write that book. And, you know, if I could, if I could just get away, if I could just do this, if I just had a studio in my house or whatever. And it's like, I've always kind of thought that stuff was bullshit because I have like lived in a van and written essays with my computer sitting on top of a dryer and a laundromat or in the back of a car or in a tent writing stuff on my phone, you know, and like the reality is the people who get it done are doing things in whatever increments they can. Um, so I've had to like try to, create in like 45 minutes, 15 minutes, 30 minutes, you know, and like use the time that I'm running to think about problems or other things, or just like let things go and try to think up the next thing I'm going to do. Um, so you have, you don't have those big stretches of like three hours, um, that you used to yesterday. We have a babysitter come, she was here for six hours. Is that yesterday? Yeah. Six hours. And it was it was fucking amazing, dude. I just crushed Hillary did too. And she's like, you know, at the end of the day, you know, she's, she's a writer and editor too. And she's got a bunch of different projects she's working on. And we're like, Oh my God, I feel like we didn't even see the guy all day today. I'm like, yeah, I did so much work. It was amazing. You know, like, but it was this feeling of urgency too, where you were just like, ah, oh, cool. I can just sit in my office and like watch YouTube videos and shit. It was like, I gotta get these things done. Bam. I'm just knocking them out. So 
yeah, you um, you have to learn how to be efficient. And that said, though, like, I'm not even, like, I still think the bulk of in, like, a heterosexual relationship where, you know, Hillary is the mom, I still think the bulk of stuff is kind of falling on her in some way. And I'm, I don't know if I'm doing a, a good job, like, from the beginning, I was like, my job is to take care of you so you can take care of the baby because there's like, I can't breastfeed. I can't, you know, certain things like that. Um, and so she's like, she's the creative director. And I'm just like, okay, I got him. Wait, what time do you think you should go down for a nap? Okay. What do you want me to feed him? You know, like what's, what are we doing for lunch? Uh, do you need me to go to the store? Okay. And it's more like, I'm just an employee, you know? And, um, I'm conscious of that, but what I'm saying is like, you do have a certain amount of brain power that is taken up by taking care of a kid, no matter what you do. So have I been coming up with some of my best creative ideas ever in the last year? Not really. Am I mining some old stuff and like re reconfiguring it or like figuring out ways to do it that I can work within, you know, not having beautiful, amazing new ideas. Yeah. I'm doing some of that. Um, I had a bunch of stuff I've like was in progress that, um, when he was born that would I like to get it done? Sure. Um, but I don't know. I don't know if that would have happened anyway. You know, maybe I've just been doing stuff long enough where I'm not going to have a ton of fresh ideas at this point, but mostly time is the thing. And, um, you know, I don't know. I'm definitely being way more efficient with my time now. Um, that's an improvement. Um, but mostly it's the, it's the transition for me is like your, your work and your art is like the number one thing in your life. You know, that's driving you to what you're doing 40 hours a week. Maybe it's not the number one thing in your life, but it is your job. And for me, it bleeds over, you know, we talk about what we're doing at dinner and I don't feel bad about it. It's not like I'm complaining about some guy at work who like doesn't, you know, who got promoted over me. It's like, what do you think about this art thing or this piece of, you know, content or whatever? It's like it's things I enjoy talking about anyway. Um, but yeah, like once the kid is born, you're like, <laughs> I'm not standing around like you take care of him. I have to focus on my work. You know, it's like, okay, I'm what kind of dickhead would do that? We know, we know what kind of dickhead <laughs> would do that. But, um, but it's like, it really, it really, you really have to take your ego out of the equation. You know, I would, I always think like, I would like to think the stuff I'm doing is important. You know, the work I'm doing is important to, you know, the human race or whatever society, or at least the people who read my stuff or whatever. I would like to think it's important, but you know, a kid comes along and you're like, yeah, maybe I'm not that important. <laughs> like Maybe I'm, Maybe my stuff is okay. Maybe it makes a difference to some people, but like, eh, is it, is it so important that I need to like, you know, put it as a priority over the kid? Not really. No. Okay. All right. Well, if, once I admit that it, it's, it's just some levity for you, you know, and I'm sure, I'm sure a lot of parents feel the same way, no matter what, you know, maybe if you're, maybe if you're a neurosurgeon, it's, it's less or, uh, you know, or a cop or a firefighter or something like that. But for me, it's like, well, yeah, I can, I can do less work this year and make less money and we'll be, the world will be okay. You know, 
um, while we focus on, you know, this, this little creature. So talk a bit about, I don't even know if I can say this latest project of yours, because you often have multiple projects going on, but um, the latest project of yours that I've seen, I guess I'll put it that way. Uh, yeah, I, um, I had this book that I was putting together called Make It, and it's, the subtitle is 50 Myths and Truths About Creating. And it's just some things I wish I knew when I started all this. Um, I kind of had, I had made a self-published a book, I think like 2015 or something where it was called make it till you make it. And it was, it was a lot of the same ideas. And I was like, this thing just needs to be redone, you know? And like, I need to do some illustrations and make it a little lighter. And it was very focused on like how to make money and like with art. And I was like, maybe people don't actually want to make money with art. They just want to do art. Um, and it's sort of like, um, I don't know if I put this on the back cover, but it's sort of, it's sort of like tough love a little bit where it's like kind of talking shit to you that, well, maybe it's like being a good pacer. Maybe you should just, maybe you should just make the thing, you know, (laughs) like (laughs) it's, it's things that I've had to tell myself on a daily basis or friends have had to tell me, you know, where you're like, Oh no, this thing that I had this idea, but it's impossible. And then a friend's like, Oh, such and such is doing it. Do you follow them on YouTube? And you're like, Oh really? Maybe it's not impossible. I'm like, yeah, it's not. Um, so it's just kind of like tough love kind of shit talking to people a little bit, you know, the reader like, well, but in a friendly, gentle way, I hope in a way that's gentle enough where people aren't getting mad at it. So I self publish in the book. The only thing that's in it is my time to, to write these 50 things and draw these 50 illustrations and lay out the book. And it's a thin book. What is it? Like a hundred and 74 pages. Oh, that's on the, that's on the, that's um, on my Apple books. The paperback mm-hmm. is one, 133. Yeah. Um, so it's pretty quick stuff. And I assume that no one is going to take 50 of these as gospel. I feel like everybody's going to find like three or four things in it that they're like, Oh yeah, maybe I'll write that down or whatever. Uh, but I decided I was just going to give away a bunch of the book, like half of it. So I created a pop-up newsletter that's going to disappear um, it started May 15th. It ends June 8th. So each, each day is one chapter of the book, which the chapters are so short. They're like, I think the longest one is like 350 words. Mm-hmm. So just these little things you get in your yeah. inbox in the morning. Um, and I thought, well, maybe people will buy the book if they like some of this stuff. And some people have bought the book. A few have, um, I, I did. <laughs> yeah, thanks. And you didn't have to. I said, I said you. <laughs> I, I wanted you. to. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I was like, well, truly, the ideas in the book. Would it be? I, I get fatigued trying to like sell things all the time, right? And like, it's just like, hey, you could buy this, or you could buy this, or you could buy this, and like, you kind of have to just be like, you know, I'm just gonna put this out there. If you want to pay for it, great. If not that's fine too. I just like, you cannot be that person who's just selling stuff constantly. Um, or I can't, um, cause people just stop listening to you. It's like, so I thought if it's a bad sales idea, maybe it's a good marketing idea. Um, I'm not sure that has not 
proven itself to be true quite yet. But, uh, but yeah, it's just fun, you know, and I hope people are getting something out of it. And if not, it's free, just unsubscribe, you know? Um, right. Yeah. So, and I, I get, you know, an email back from at least one person almost every day saying, Hey, this, this really hit home for me or whatever. And I think that's great. You know, like, cool. Today was for you, Jeff, you know? Um, and of course not, you know, there's, I think I got three, 3,400 people signed up for the email, uh, list. So it's going out to that many people every day. And, um, only, only one person has complained much, um, and took the time to like, tell me why I was wrong twice and then unsubscribe. Wow. Yeah. For the free email. I mean, I guess they're like, here's my take on the free, the free (laughs) thoughts on creating. Yeah. And then you didn't respond to my first email. I'm like, I know, (laughs) come on. As Hillary and I say, there are many different ways of being in the world. Yes, there are. Um, but, but yeah, it's like, it's like this thing, it's free, you know, if it's working for you, great. If it's not, it's going to end in two weeks and I'm going to delete your, I'm deleting the whole list and you'll never hear from me again. So, um, uh, it's just the thing. If, if it works for you, great. If not, that's fine too. So yeah, I don't know. It's, I have, you know, I do all these different things and some of them are smart and some of them are not very smart in a financial sense. So maybe the, I don't know which one this is going to be, but it's, it's fun. It's just kind of cool to put stuff out. I want to ask you about a couple of the topics that you touch on in the book. Um, one involves the notion of staying in your lane or not staying in your lane. Talk a bit about that one. And, and is that, and have have your own thoughts and practices changed on that front over the years? Uh, I think this would be a curious, I'd be curious to hear what you think about this idea too, because I feel like you're always evolving what you do and what, what the company does. You know, I don't, you probably don't call it the company. But <laughs> yeah. sounds, sounds, I'm going to get a t-shirt sounds just, so that corporate. just says the company. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. Um, <laughs> But I, I don't know. I just look at people who are successful and it seems like they have much cleaner brands and mine is just a sloppy mess. And it's like, whatever I want to try to do next. And that's interesting to me right now. And I want to try that and do, maybe it'll be okay. Um, and I think, I don't know that there's been a really successful example of somebody doing that. Um, but it's so much more fun, you know? And like, also what is the idea of success? And like, stay in your lane. If I was like, I would not have been able to pick a lane to stay in. Honestly, I just really don't know what there's many different things, um, that I've been interested in, even just in the past 15 years. And, um, you know, I like, I was on somebody's podcast. It was about addiction, specifically like alcoholism. And they were newly, pretty, pretty recently like sober into it. And we're interviewing people like myself who are also, uh, sober. And, um, it was an interesting interview because that was what she was really focused on at that time. I wanted to tell those stories, which I think is a great thing to do. 
but she caught me at like year like 18 or 19. I haven't had a drink in 21 years now. And it was, it was just like some of the questions were kind of, I was like, man, I haven't thought about that in a long time because it's just so far back now, you know? And that's a lane I could have picked in to stay in, you know, and I could have tried to do a Ted talk about that or like, uh, you know, pop psychology book or something like that. And then been that guy or whatever. And, you know, but I wanted to do rock climbing and then I didn't, I did that for many years and then got into ultra running and, you know, all these other forms of self-expression, writing, drawing, little filmmaking here and there. And I mean, what's the goal? Like success would be nice, I guess, you know? Um, but having an interesting life is, pretty great too and freedom is pretty great not in the not in the typical american sense that we think of but just kind of like well what am i going to work on this week you know that's a fun thing to do and not to be ah another day at the salt mines i'm in this rut you know that i that i created for myself as an artist and got to keep cranking out this same thing every week you know um so i don't know I, i think it it can probably lead people to more interesting things. I feel like the example for that one, isn't it, is that the Leonard Cohen? Yes. Talks about the, that chapter you're talking about, chapter 46 in the book. You don't have to stay in your lane. And the example that I always think of that I wrote in here is how Leonard Cohen, the singer, started out as a novelist and a poet and was just kind of like, yeah, I'm not doing that anymore. I'm gonna do music you know, after he'd written a couple books and then he, he became successful at that, which is fantastic. Thank God he didn't keep banging his head against the wall and being like, Oh, one of these books will be a success, you know? Um, and there's many other examples like that. That's just the one I think of a lot. So yeah, for me, I just think of people should be free to not say, Oh, I'm, I would do that, but I'm X, you know? Um, so yeah. And I mean, to hear you, kind of lay it out like that it actually like i would almost say that like the definition if you're if you're going to call yourself an artist or be an artist you have to be guided by where your creative instincts and passions are leading you because the minute you're not doing that you're a business person, right? I mean, isn't it almost like I've never actually put it together quite as clearly as that. But when you know, we were just talking about, I still don't, I don't use the term creative, you know, and many, many people do and, and you do. But like by definition, if you're like, yeah, you know, I'm a, a creative. Well, that means you better be led by your creativity. And that has your creativity doesn't care what lane you're in. I mean, you hope so, right? Like, I, I, I mean, yeah. well, I would just argue that if it, if you found yourself like, well, Leonard Cohen, I, I actually really want to explore songwriting, but people know me as a poet and a novelist, so I guess I won't. Now you're actually kind of a coward, not a creative. <laughs> Boom! How you like that? You yeah. get chapter fifty-one. Take that. Yeah. yeah. No, I, uh, I, I interviewed a friend of mine who's. Uh, he manages a musician 
it's one of his jobs. He also does music rights for like outdoor films, um, which is how I got to know him. But he had this, the way he had put it was his job is to like basically commodify this person's work and help them deal with, you know, how the world sees them now and how to make, you know, how to make money. And the person who's the artist still has to remember that they wrote, he said something like they wrote these songs in their kitchen like years ago because they had to get it out of them, you know, because they had this feeling and you're always wanting, you always want to reach to the back to that time of like pure inspiration, but you also don't want to have to get a day job. So there's the two sides for sure. And I think like, you know, it's tough. You want to make money, but you also are like, God, if you just, if that's all you have to focus on, it's not fun anymore. Like if that's what you lead with, people can tell. And I don't know how they can tell. And I don't know how the work shows it, but people know, you know, and like, whereas if you lead with this sort of spirit of creativity, which is maybe generosity more, you know, people can tell and they respond to that too. Um, but I think about just marketing in general. Um, and I was just writing a little bit about this because every once in a while I get some like client work or whatever, and I'll kind of feel it out and be like, okay, yeah, you guys want to work together. We'll do something. Here's the thing. And, and I'm usually in a position where I can walk away from it. Um, and often what happens is I'll say, well, here's what I put together. What do you guys think? And they'll be like, well, can you put our product in it? Or can you like, this is funny, but can you add in such and such words or like, you know, with our logo? And I'm like, yeah, you can, but people aren't going to like that. You know, they're like, dude, they know you sell products. Like that's, that's what the brand name is associated with. If you just put this out as marketing, it'll be more successful. Like just fun, just be fun, you know? And, um, nobody wants that artist friend who's just like, all the time. Hey, come to my DJ set, come to my DJ set, come to my DJ set. That's the only text messages you get from them. It's just like a mass text. Hey, Brian's DJ at this club. It's like, you want to, you want to hang out with Brian and do something else. Hey, you want to go for a trail run? You want to get some coffee, whatever. But if all you get from that person is sales, like that's not fun. So think about it that way too. Yeah. Can I ask when, so when you have those conversations with brands you work with, is there sort of a percentage when you're like, people know you make stuff or sell stuff. So maybe we don't need to be as overt with certain product placement and the rest. Are we talking, is this like a 50-50? Is it like 90%, 10% of companies that are like, end up seeing it your way? Uh, well, this doesn't happen that often. You know, it's not a, like I don't do that much work because I usually just kind of avoid it. Um, but every once in a while, I'm like, oh, you seem cool. And um, yeah. the cases I can think of, usually what happens is like, oh, yeah, I, I can't. I'm not going to do that. So let's just bail. Like you haven't paid me. It's no big deal. I'm not like counting on the money, but I'm not going to extend myself in that way and like make something that's that. um on the nose, you know, like if you wanted to say that you can do that, but trust me, people aren't going to do, people aren't going to respond to it, you know? And I understand people get pressure from above and like a lot of 
you know, you have to sell things to make money, but like, I just think about like, yeah, I just bought a, I just bought a jacket from you. Uh, every single, and then you send me an email every single day after I bought a jacket telling me about jackets. Like, do you think I'm buying a fucking jacket every fucking day? Like, come on, man. No shit. Like, why don't you tell me a story or send me a tip or like this? I just got on the feed, which is a, a company that sells, it sells like uh, basically exercise food, you know, like cliff blocks and goose and stuff like that. And I've gotten emails from them and they're fucking great, man. They're like, huh. Hey, here's how to do this. Here's why this works. Here's some science. Here's some interesting shit. And Oh, by the way, we sell these things. You know, if you want to buy them, great. But it's like, there's information in there. It's helping you. It's very generous, you know? And the person who started the feed gets that. That's why they're successful, you know, as opposed to being like, check out our check out our rain jackets. You just bought a soft shell. You'll probably want a rain jacket. I'm like, motherfucker, I know you sell rain jackets. I was on your website yesterday buying that shit. Like, if I wanted a fucking rain jacket, I would have just clicked over to rain jackets, you know? And it's like, but they continue. People are just like, no, the numbers show that we, if we send out X emails per month, we get X sales from it. It's like, cool, man. You know, like, right. That's what you want to do. Great. But like, it's fucking annoying and it just leads people to unsubscribe. Like, I don't need to hear from you every day, you know? Uh, but so I guess what I'm saying is like, if you, like, if you lead with money, it becomes less interesting. Um, or like the need is, it feels desperate, you know? It's like, it's like the person at the party who just wants to like talk to you about their uh, real estate business or something. They don't have any other, any other interesting things to say. They're like, they're just, they're just like so focused on getting you as a client. And you're like, yeah, maybe if you're a real person first, um, you would get me as a client, but like, this is a lot, this is a lot, bud, you know? I think they're good things. I mean, we've got a lot of people in actually many different industries who listen to this podcast. And I think these maybe are good reminders that different communications, different projects, different messaging serve different purposes. And I think that's basically what I hear you saying is like, let's not confuse these things and turn the overt, hi, we've got a sale on this product. You should buy it right now. Don't confuse that with the interesting, either informative or funny, you know, uh, creative expressions that might be coming out from a company. And probably a good thing for creators to understand too, right? Like what, what are we going for here? What is sort of the purpose? And while I just got done saying like the, you know, creativity should be the guide in creative work. I don't think that's at odds with understanding sort of the point of a project or who the audience is. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like the phrase, I think I was playing the long game, you know, um, and just like, be cool you know, and then, and then ask for the sale. Don't just be like sale, sale, sale all the time. Like here's, here's how we can work together. Blah, blah, blah. It's like, you know, I mean, how much, like between you and me, we've had a relationship where I've done some work for you, you know, like you've paid me to do work, but I bet we've spent like, Oh my God. What do you think? Like, 
what's the ratio of just talking about bullshit and other things like other stuff that is like and then it's a working relationship and then if i was at a if i was at a party and somebody walked up and didn't know you i wouldn't say this is jonathan he's my associate i'd be like right. that's my friend jonathan yeah how do you guys know yeah. each other oh shit how do we know each other and they're like oh we did some work together too you know but like I don't know. I just think being a real person and a real, I guess, authentic is kind of overused. But like, man, that's that's a good strategy. You you use the phrase "be cool," and that's actually also not in your fifty. That that's like we. I came up with chapter fifty one. This is <laughs> yeah. chapter fifty two. Be cool. I like that. Just, yeah. Just, just be cool. Well, no, I I, yeah. I I honestly was I was thinking about this again actually just yesterday, um, you know, the whole thing about work and work-life balance and yada, yada, you know, I think it's probably fair to say you and I are both people who like to work, enjoy working, enjoy projects, enjoy digging in, but, and I, and I do, and I spend a lot of time working. I spend a lot of time at work and given that, I guess because I'm wired that way or whatever, I'm like, I like to work with people I like. And I I think the whole, you know, I, I understand people, if I was, if I had certain jobs, I would be punching the clock and I would never spend a minute, you know, after 5 p.m. on the job. But I, I think the rule that, uh, kind of the unwritten rule is like, I want to just keep working with people I like that I respect that I think are funny or super sharp or smart, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And I I don't know, I guess that's kind of on the point thinking about our own relationship. It's like, yeah, you're my friend, but you're also doing all this stuff. And so then from time to time we like it's connect again. And it's like, you know, you had this project come out and I saw it and I was like, I'm signing up for that email and then I was like, let's have Brendan on to talk about this book. And then we'll just get to talk about creativity and catch up a bit on things. And I guess you probably more or less hold to a similar principle too, right? Work quite a bit. Try to work with people you really like. <laughs> now I'm thinking I should have like to be super meta about this. I should have mentioned the book like every three minutes of this in some way. <laughs> just like kept working. <laughs> Uh, yeah, well, there's this quote I think of a lot and I'm not, I'm going to mangle it, but it's the, the two people who it's Herb and Jan Kahn, the, the couple that put up a huge percentage of the climbing routes and the needles in South Dakota. They were kind of like the, the original dirt bags, climbing dirt bags in America. I think they put up these routes like in the forties, but there's this quote in this climbing magazine interview I read like 15 years ago. And one of them said, we didn't really have any grand vision for what we wanted. We just kept kind of backing away from things that we knew we didn't want. And that's how we ended up here. And I think of that as a way of um, saying no, as a way of saying yes, you know, like you don't have to work with that client. You don't have to work with that person. You know, if you're not enjoying it, even if they could, you know, elevate your career, if they're a douchebag, you don't have, you know, it's like, nothing is nothing's really worth really having a bad time doing things you know um it's you can work with you can work with people to an extent where you're like i can't wait till this project's over but 
you know, so I don't ever have to hang out with this person again, but to, that's <laughs> pretty limited, right? That's a, that's a, you're going to burn out on that pretty quickly, I think. But yeah, why don't you just work with your friends? It's great. Work with your friends. It's pretty yeah. good. It's pretty good. I need to let you get going. You know, those veggie burgers aren't going to brown themselves. Man, you're just not letting it go. I'm making a salad too. This is why you should have you should have asked for us to record this conversation tomorrow when you could then have been like, oh, I'm off to make this amazing sun-dried tomato whatever. Yeah. You kind of, I blame you for this. Um, yeah, Saturday is probably going to be good. Sunday. Yeah, I mean like, yeah. I got a new taco <laughs> recipe I'm working out. It's pretty great. Wow. Yeah, I think it's actually vegan, honestly. What do you mean working out? You're not working out recipes. I am, dude. I'm like... What does this tr- mean? Trying Explain. things out. Um, through just throwing things together based on what I've been learning and like trying to... I'm trying to make... Um, I think I'm trying to make like seven basically non-Mexican taco recipes where they're like just things I made up. Um I would send one to you, but you're not going to ever. I'm not doing it. Yeah. You'd be like, you'd be like, oh, that does look good. Huh. Maybe he'll make that for me someday. Maybe I can fly up there and eat. He's the expert. Um, right. I'll fly. Yeah. I'll come and see you. But most of them are like almost not even Mexican food related. Um, but yeah, I got this recent one. It's like roasted uh, zucchini, mushrooms and onions and um, chipotle peppers and adobo. And then like some tempeh bacon and pumpkin seeds. And we're work, working out like too much cotija on it last time. And like, but it's like, it's a strong, I think it's going in the book of the book of seven. So it's like gonna be like taco week. Um, and then we're going to eat tacos for seven straight days. And it's going to be glorious, but there's a kimchi one. There's one that's wow. barbecue. Um, yeah. Yeah. We used to have a ton of restaurants to go to in Denver. And now it's like, we have fewer restaurants we're into here, so like I'm learning to make my own stuff. So wow, I'm I'm proud of you. Yeah, this come is, up and visit, dude. We got a guest bedroom. You can eat well for like three days and before I go back to my <laughs> typical monastic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, that's that's compelling. I now I want to maybe get in on the alternative taco week. Like I need to like time my visit with that. Um. Yeah, just let me know. I'll just plan it out then. Yeah. Oh, it can go that way. Like yeah, I can we'll just, just, we'll just do we, it. We can reverse. Here. I don't have to get on to your culinary I al- schedule. <laughs> I can also send you seven, and you can be like, "Hey, I can be there for three days, any <laughs> three nights." <laughs> can we do these three? So, All right. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, back to make it before I let you get to the you know veggie burgers. What is the plan right now? So people can't still hop in on the email train but they can order the book explain where we are in your creative madness process they can um you're only what is there today today is the first so today was day 18 out of 25 so there's a week left but you i don't know when you're gonna put this out um i'm putting it on monday okay um so that'll be yeah they could semirad.com slash make it um yeah. Or actually it's on my Instagram too, at semi-rad, semi-underscore-rad. Um, but yeah, the book is called Make It, 50 Myths and Truths About Creating. Um, and yeah, it's like, the Kindle's like five ninety nine. 
you know, if, you, if you're if you're interested in it, I didn't really think about it as like sort of a as like a book launch or anything like that. So probably doing a poor job of getting it out there. But <laughs> dude, I gotta say, I I bought the book, I downloaded it because I couldn't find one of the emails, and so then I contacted you, and so you're like, well, you can order it here, but it's displaying really nicely on the Apple Books app or. I guess that's an app that like that's native yeah. on an Apple computer. I I told you this already, but I was like, man, it's displaying really. I don't have a Kindle. I don't use a Kindle. I should maybe I need to change that. But um, I actually really like how this displays on my laptop. So I, I actually just found a. It's like a software called Atticus this year, and I was like, because to create a self-published book, it's these old templates. And they just don't look very good. And it's Microsoft Word is just kind of a, it's great for a lot of things. It's not awesome for like laying out a book. And this software, I was like, maybe this is the year I spend 150 bucks on it or whatever. And it is fucking glorious. Like huh. it shows you what the book looks like in paperback. It shows you what it looks like on an iPad. It shows you what huh. it looks like on a Kindle, like everything. And all at the same time, like as you're typing sentences, you can be like, what does that look like? Um, so it's pretty fantastic and that's why it looks decent, um, compared to what I would be capable of in huh. other editing software. Um, Atticus. Yeah. If okay. you're ever, if you're ever looking to write or self publish a book, it's pretty amazing stuff. So, yeah. One more thing, I guess we should say this drops on Monday and then Tuesday on blister we're publishing a Brendan Leonard original open mic piece. Did you it's like Brendan Leonard week on blister. It's like shark week with less blood. <laughs> it's super exciting. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Did you read it yet? Cause maybe no, you're not I published. Oh yeah. I, I would, no, I, had, I, don't know I trust I, you. You might be out over your skis a little bit there, but like, <laughs> no, <laughs> no, we're doing it. I trust okay. you. All right. Well, see what you think. It's pretty long. You told me uh, it's pretty long. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Well, dude, it's always fun. There are times when we're talking quite a bit. We've gone kind of a while where we haven't been talking so much. And so it's just always fun kind of seeing your work from afar and like, wow, look at what Brandon's up to now and all these different things. And and then it's fun to come back together and kind of catch up on this stuff. So um, yeah, man, I, I always enjoy the work and sort of cheering you on from afar. And then we get into our random text exchange stuff and whatever and it's it's pretty good so thanks for all of it man oh well thanks for saying that um i am soon going to have a podcast and i'm gonna ask you to be on it i think i told you about i think i told you what it's you've, about you've threatened this for a yeah, while now it's gonna be it's gonna be a, it'll be awesome it'll be really fun to hear your ideas of answers to these uh questions hmm. um, so wow. anyway, yeah, I'm going to just keep being vague about it, but okay. Yeah. yeah. Like three years from now. Well, no, well, I, l I look forward to, it. I'm going to, I'm going to bring, I'm going to come strong. I goal is to be just absolutely destroy every other guest you have on there. Like we're coming competitive. <laughs> we are coming ready to play. I don't know what the topics are or any of the questions, but I'm I'm putting like the black paint under the eyes, you know, like before that, before we, before we have the conversation, I'm going to, I'm going to try to come ready. That's definitely what it's about. Yeah. <laughs> you want to annihilate the other, the other people who've been on the show. That's like, that's a good goal. <laughs> like, 
<laughs> well, maybe not, but we'll see. We'll we'll see. We'll see what mood I'm in. But I, yeah, we'll we'll uh, let's just say I look forward to the conversation whenever it might take place. I'll text you the idea, and you can start thinking now because it, it does take a tiny bit of homework on your end. Okay. Um, yeah, that I think you'll enjoy actually. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um. Look, let's end with a let's end with a confession on my part. I still have to finish the hip hop book that you kindly just sent me out of the blue. Just with the note, let me know what you think. Oh, you don't have to. No, I but, do though. That dude, was so nice. It's just fun. It's just a little it's just Shay Serato, like Shay's the best. Yeah. And you just, just do a chapter every night. You're like, oh, I know. Really I'm doing life wrong. Well, whatever. You don't you don't have to read. It's not no, I do. I do. That I. It's an admission. It's a, so that's that's on the list. I've got it. It's. I look at it every day, uh, where my desk is, and then like on the bookshelf where it is. And so every day I feel guilt. And it's Shay. We love Shay. So like I know it's going to be phenomenal. So what am I even doing with my life? Just yeah, I mean, just whatever. doing it all wrong. You should look at the inside every day. Look, and then you get through it. <laughs> you just open it. Just open it. Yeah. It's baby um, steps. Well, it's fine if you don't read it, but it, no, it's probably, not your fine. life would probably be better if you did read a little chunk of it. Put it in the bathroom be or something, dude. I don't know. Like, <laughs> if you waterproofed it, then I could, you know, if you sent me a waterproof copy, I could shower, like read it in the shower. By the way, dude, I did take, for the first time in my life, I took an actual like business call in the shower. That was the first... Was it you? It was you. <laughs> Wait, I lied. It wasn't yeah. a business call. We were catching up and we were going to talk about recording this, I think. And we, I wanted to talk to you a bit about the open mic piece. But I had to go to like an industry thing at Western Colorado University with Blister Labs. And I was like, I have to shower because it's been a minute. And I got to go to this thing. But I got to talk to Brendan about open mic you were my first business call while showering. It was not a video call. I feel like that's, yeah, I feel like that's not surprising. I like how you're phrasing it too, as if I just like randomly called you and you had to pick up the phone as opposed to, I chose to get in the shower within like 90 seconds of when we were supposed to talk on the yeah. phone, knowing full well that you're very punctual and you were going to call me yeah. at the exact fucking time you said no, you were going to call and you're like, yeah, so... You're right I don't about know, all that. man. Get out of the passive voice there. That's like Yeah, you're, you're right about all that. But <laughs> yeah, the people at Western, I'm sure appreciated your cleverness. They, yeah. Yeah, I, I did it for the common good. So yeah, um that's yeah. good. Yeah. All right. Okay. Um thanks so much. So make it we can find go to semi-rad.com or semi hyphen. We say hyphen or dash? Dash? Yeah. Dash. Semi-rad.com. Or go to Instagram. Or wherever you buy books, just Google Make It Brendan Leonard, and that should show up. Yeah, you can go to your local bookstore and buy one. Um, They would probably have to order it, Um, but you can get it anywhere. So including the big big place where people buy uh, like blenders and shit, but also buy Mm -hmm. books. Um, Yeah, that one. Anyway, it's there too. It's there. And then um, Tuesday, Brendan's open mic piece that I personally can't wait to go read. Yeah, I'm excited for that, actually. Hillary Hillary was like, 
this is good. You should you should have kept this for your own website. And I was like, oh, maybe I should have. Oh, well. <laughs> yes. Well, we get it. So, yeah. folks, check that out on Blister on Tuesday or any day thereafter. Hey, man, say hi to Hillary. Say hi to Jay for me. And um, I hope you can handle tonight's dinner. We'll talk to you real soon. Okay. Come up for Taco Week. Thanks so much. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, that's it for this edition of the Blister Podcast. I want to say thanks so much to Brendan for this conversation and more importantly, for the friendship. Reminder, tomorrow on Blister, the day after we publish this conversation, you can check out Brendan's open mic piece on our website. It's called Resisting the Algorithm, and you're going to like it. So check that out as well. And then again, get his book, Make It. If you're the sort of person who's trying to do anything creative and make stuff and put it out in the world. Now, I also want to say thanks to Taylor Ahern for producing this episode. And seriously, folks, thanks to you for listening. Now, please take good care of yourself and everybody else. And we will talk to you again later this week on all of our other Blister podcasts. We'll include a link to all of those in the show notes of this episode. And per usual, we will have a ton of stuff going on on our website. All right, folks, take care. Talk to you soon.